This week on Moms Moving On. I feel like in my marriage, I wasn't me, basically. Um, I've always been very passionate, very driven, very ambitious, a hustler. And now I feel like I'm back to being myself. I love that. I had to step back and realize, especially this year through COVID, for five months, he really didn't see the kids. He didn't see the kids, not really didn't. He didn't see the kids. And I had to step back and say, it is not my job to make him be a great parent. It is my job to be here for my kids, to make sure that they remain kids so that they aren't worried about their father and and pacifying him and parenting him. So I don't think it's selfish at all to be able to show your children that You know, it is not your job to be a caretaker and a basically a parent to a a partner. Life moves on. So why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Welcome back to another episode of Moms Moving On. Wasn't that very interesting to hear all about the heartbreak coach's rules for moving on? I think that was a great perspective. Thank you for not um, being upset that I had a man on the show, but his perspective on moving on has motivated me for so long. Keyshawn, we loved you. But today we're bringing it back to the ladies. And this lady is somebody I have followed on Instagram for a long time. Sometimes I feel like I'm stalking her because it's one of those people like you like all of their posts and comment on all of them and you can feel them being like, oh my God, who is this? But thankfully she's agreed to come on the podcast with us. We have Christine Michelle Carter, who you may know her from Instagram as C. Michelle Carter. She is a best-selling author, number one global voice for moms. She's a writer. She writes for Forbes. She writes, she's an associate editor for Modern Mom. And she really is the epitome of Modern Mom. She's a single mom to two beautiful children who I can see behind her right now um, in Mm -hmm. our recording. You can't see them, but she has a nine-year-old, a five-year-old, and she's killing the game. Welcome, Christine. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Michelle. I'm so excited to chat and just have like a really candid and honest conversation. That would be amazing because I see you doing all of these great things. And every once in a while, you give us the reminder that you're doing them on your own. But happily, yeah. with, with strength and with pride, and you're showing your two kids what it means to be a strong woman. And I've always wanted to know a little bit more about your journey, because I think it can be so inspiring for our listeners. So I started off marrying my college sweetheart. We had two children and were married for about eight years. And towards the end of our marriage, we just realized, even though we were both really successful professionals, we were undeniably unhappy. He suffered from depression, which led to a problem with alcohol. And I had anxiety that was just going through the roof. Um, At the same time that my career was just, you know, it was just starting to take off. I felt like he was not going to be a partner for me in this, in, in this next journey of my life. And also we had just grown apart and we looked around and we had really successful jobs and we had a beautiful home, two car garage, and we were supposed to be living the American dream and be extremely happy and free. But for us, we never felt more shackled and caged. And once we separated amicably and decided to divorce, I can't speak for him, but I know for me, I feel like I am truly free. And that may not be what society 
things because I am a single mom raising two kids on my own. And, you know, but finances are tight because you only have one income as opposed to two. And I'm not dating, but I'm wildly successful in my career. That brings me so much passion and joy connecting with moms. I feel like I have a mom tribe. My children have never been happier in the middle of a pandemic and felt more loved. If anything, I was fighting my son this morning for not giving me some space and for loving me too much. But um, that's, I always just try to, you know, and show my journey whenever I can. And, and that's why I wrote my book, Mom AF, because what, what it looks like on the outside is not necessarily what it is for so many of us. And I just wanted to be an, an honest voice and share my, my, my background. Well, you definitely are that voice. And there's so many, you know, mom accounts out there, but what really makes her stand apart is the authenticity and the fact that you're, you can see your hustle through everything that you do. And you're never too proud to say, like you posted something earlier in the week, like, look at everything I'm doing and I'm doing it. And, and you listed everything you had going on in the week and like all your wins for the week. And it wasn't even like Tuesday. And I love <laughs> that. That is so inspiring. But I want to go back to something you said, because it rang true for me. You had it all on the outside, the house, the cars, yeah. the beautiful children, the husbands, yeah. Yeah. but it wasn't fulfilling. You were also, you know, filling the role that society tells you to fill, be a wife, have a husband, do it all. But that also wasn't bringing you joy. And the two biggest things I get from women is, why am I unhappy? I have it all. What are people going to say when I leave? Like being a single mom is so hard, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah. the fact that you were able to say, you know what, this isn't my all. This isn't what all means for me. I don't care what society deems acceptable. I have to live true to myself and do what feels right. That is what the is the most motivating thing about you, because there's no round of applause you get for staying miserably married. There's there's there, that can come thank you. That. Yeah, I say that constantly. I say I always say you don't get a bonus stars in heaven for being married. I don't understand these couples who are like, you know, where's it's seventy years and we're still together, still rocking with each other, and it's like or still riding along on the road and you're riding around around in a geo metro it's like i don't want to be riding 70 years in a geo metro i'd rather be single driving a porsche for 70 years right and it's all it all comes down to being able to quiet out the noise of you know society and so many levels not just when yeah. it comes to marriage and divorce but understanding that look i need to be fulfilled in order to be the best mom writer woman lover, partner, spouse, whatever, and yeah. taking that action. So what was it like for you? You were building your brand, building your business. You had these two beautiful kids. What was it like to taking, pulling the plug, making the next move? Yeah. So it's interesting. As a teenager, I was always the person who was president of a club at school or winning awards or I did pageants and like I I was on a trajectory even as a teenager but once I met my husband we decided to have just an old school notion of marriage so I kind of took a step back and let him be in the limelight and tried to support him becoming an accountant and becoming a CPA and really wasn't worried about my career so much as his like so many women and I was just concerned with being the best wife and mother I could possibly be and I feel like in that time frame supporting somebody else I just lost my identity to the point where 
when I decided that I had to pick back up my passion of writing and writing for different publications that uh, once I started to get back on the upswing and felt like he was stifling me, I would have nights of panic attacks and just fear of him battling his depression and the alcoholism and what did it mean to leave him and how terrifying that was going to be to raise kids on my own. And maybe I should just put up with the devil I know because the devil I know is better than the devil I don't. And that quote I, I've, that, sorry, that quote huh? up in a recent podcast because we were, I was talking to somebody, the heartbreak coach, and he was saying that for so many people, the devil you know is better than the devil yep. you don't know or so you think. Right. That's a exactly. very, very good point. And it took another mom, it took my aunt to make me realize that I was worth more than the marriage that I was in and that there are no goal points. And even though she's been married for 26 years, there are no goal points in, in heaven for staying married. So when I decided to leave, you know, looking at it, I've been sep separated and divorced now for three years. And to people, to the outside world, it looks like all of a sudden I've had this success in three years. But when I look back on my life, I look at me as a, a teenager having tremendous success and then, you know, hiding that and almost being ashamed of that and wanting to have my husband have that kind of success. And then once I left him, it's like I'm back having that success. So it's, it, I feel like in my marriage, I wasn't me basically. Um, I've always been very passionate, very driven, very ambitious, a hustler. And now I feel like I'm back to being myself. I love that. that that's the quote that's going to sum up this podcast for sure. <laughs> that's, you know, I posted a question on Instagram this week. What, what, what was the, you know, best part of finding the courage to move on? And that's what so many women are saying was I'm able to be me again. I'm able to do me, be me, express myself. I'm able to right. live free. And some people, you know, we associate, we've been convinced to believe that tying yourself down to somebody else for an indefinite amount of time is freedom when it, it's exactly the opposite. And it takes, for me, you know, now that I'm in a, I'm remarried and I'm in a happy marriage, it takes a lot less work to be on your own than it does to make a life work with somebody when you're not compatible. I mean, that, that in itself is a full-time job. Exactly. Exactly. I had to have a really hard conversation with him. I was coming back. I, we were in New York with the kids and I was speaking at an event and he ended up having a seizure. It was his fifth seizure from alcohol. Mm. And we were in New York and he had to be rushed to the emergency room. And I was set to hit the stage in like 30 minutes and I couldn't back out of the commitment. So my daughter and I had to go. My daughter was completely worried and frantic about her father. So she didn't want to speak on stage. The minute we got off stage, we went to the hospital. It was extremely dirty. It was not anything we're, come, we're used to. And once we got home, we had to have a really candid heart to heart. And I had to say, I feel like you're holding me back. I feel like you are sabotaging my dreams because this wasn't the only incident of him getting in the way of something. And he was becoming a third child. So I completely understand when you say that it is more work to be married in some instances than it is to be single and to be a single mom with multiple kids. Right. And, and I think, you know, women like you and I who are going to be motivated no matter what can definitely feel that and definitely relate to that. Hey guys, Michelle here. I hope you are loving this episode as much as I am. We'll be back with more, but first, a word from our sponsor. 
Divorce is never easy, and when children are in the picture, it can be extra tricky, especially when communicating with your ex is a challenge. Now there's an app with you and your kids in mind. It's called FAIR, F-A-Y-R. FAIR is the easiest, most intuitive, and conflict-diffusing co-parenting app on the market. FAIR helps eliminate misunderstandings while also improving communication between co-parents. In the long run, creating a loving environment for your kids. Here's what you can do on the FAIR app. There's a time-sharing calendar to track custody, exchange days, and never forget those special events. Documentable text messaging. And an expense tracker so both parents can add and monitor expenses, track receipts, and add notes. GPS check-in, that's a court-verifiable way to document your presence at all GPS-verified locations. A monthly parenting report to download with your details. A private journal to take notes, add photos, and screenshots. A file vault to keep your records, photos, and documents organized and in one place. The opportunity to export all of your records into a convenient, time-and-date-stamped PDF when you need documentation for legal matters. And there's a Spanish version of the app as well. FAIR allows you to experience co-parenting in a totally new way. Simply, inexpensively, transparently, and fairly. Lose the he said, she said, and be the best parent you can be. Be F-A-Y-R FAIR. Subscribe at BeFair.com. That's B-E-F-A-Y-R.com. And then download FAIR from the App Store or Google Play. Go to FAIR.com for more details. Don't forget to use the code MICHELLE to save 20% off the cost of the app. So you're three years now on your own. Yep. Are the other kids seeing their dad? Do you have a, a co-parenting situation going on? Is it amicable? So we had an agreement in place and our divorce went through very fast. But the problem is that he does have a substance abuse problem. So if you've ever dealt with somebody who does, they can become one person one day and a different person the next. Oh, yes. So when we were married, he said that being a hands-on dad was very important to him and he would never be like his dad. And once we got separated and divorced, he really didn't spend that much time with his kids. And it was me kind of saying, you have to have a relationship with the kids. Are you coming to get the kids? And I had to step back and realize, especially this year through COVID for five months, he really didn't see the kids. He didn't see the kids, not really didn't. He didn't see the kids. And I had to step back and say, it is not my job to make him be a great parent. It is my job to be here for my kids, to make sure that they remain kids so that they aren't worried about their father and, and pacifying him and parenting him and to provide them the support that they need, which is why the minute after we separated, I put um, the kids in counseling just so that they had the opportunity just to, to discuss anything they wanted to either with me or with somebody else. Who would such a proactive woman. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, I had to just sit back and, and realize what the long-term goal was. And it's for me to have selfishly, to have a good relationship with the kids and for my kids to grow up happy and healthy and well-rounded. He is not in my long-term goal. <laughs> I don't think that's selfish at all. I think you did, you know, you had the strength and courage to do what a lot of women wish they could. A lot of women feel that if they leave, the, the father may not be present and that scares them also. But I say this yeah. in most podcasts and in most workshops and in most talks that I do, 
Research shows that children only need one healthy attachment to a parent to thrive. And if you were raised by a single mom like I won, I was, I, I was to yeah. that, and you were too, so you know that. So I don't think it's selfish at all to be able to show your children that, you know, it is not your job to be a caretaker and a basically a parent to a, a partner. Right. You, if you're going to be with someone, they need to add value to your life. And right. essentially you're showing them all the best things, but I, I don't need to tell you that. So <laughs> you're now, you're now separated, divorced. You have this growing empire. How do you do what you do? Like how, despite COVID, we'll get to that. But before that, yeah. the kids go to school and you work, but like you and I know our work is never done when it comes to articles and having ideas and deadlines. How do you keep this hustle and this flow going? So I, I always have really candid conversations with my kids. Um, I prepared them last night for the fact that I had three podcasts today, which meant I was going to be in the office, door closed. They couldn't come in unless they were dying or bleeding. That's what they I very much, <laughs> they, very much, <laughs> they very much understand my work. And I think a part of it is because they see themselves in my work. So the children's book that I wrote, they helped me write it. They picked out their characters. They know that they're in Mom AF, but they know it's full of cuss words, so they can't read it. They know that Mommy talks to other moms, and through the Mompreneur and Me events that we have, they get to meet other kids, and they see how Mommy helps other moms, and they get to meet other kids, so that's a good thing for them. So I think it's a little bit of a unique situation where my kids really, and my daughter loves wearing my merch, too. I almost have to tell her, like, change your damn shirt. <laughs> <laughs> my same shirt but um i think it's i'm in a unique situation where my kids really want to see me succeed and i'm so grateful for them and i think they're god's gift and i know that that can't be the case for women um many women who do have side hustles where it might not be related to their children at all it might be a, a separate passion but i think the the main theme is just to keep the communication lines open and let kids know that you're a woman first you're a human first and you have interests and needs and this is one of them and it doesn't take from being a mom it, it doesn't you know take away from loving them at all okay and now yes now let's go to covid because five months we've been dealing with this yeah. where do you live you're in chicago no i'm in baltimore you're in baltimore um yeah. I, I heard a little like chicago in your in your voice but okay you're in baltimore yeah so you've been locked down you know major city like the rest of us what right how has your work been impacted being alone at home with two kids all day, every day? Right, right. So it's, I always try to look at the perspective of everybody in the household. I, that's just how I am. So I immediately thought of my kids' mental health and well-being. I just feel like school, it doesn't come and go, but let's be honest, what are we learning? What are we practicing right now as adults that we learned in third grade? Everything we needed to know we learned in kindergarten about how to interact and empathize with people. So for me, I knew immediately that school wasn't going to be the priority. I was more so concerned about having frequent check check-ins with my kids, spending one-on-one -on -one time with them. I am anxious. So I was like, oh my God, this house is a mess. I'm always trying to clean up after them. And then like maybe week three, week four in, I was like, we're all in the middle of a pandemic. Who the hell is going to come in the house anyway and be like, you have a messy house. And it was how my son was coping. I found this, this interesting article in the New York Times that was saying that kids his age, five-year-olds were building forts to cope with the fact that 
they too were living through unexpected and unprecedented change. So I kind of just let him his room and let the living room be a mess. And I let my daughter play Roblox and talk with friends because that's how she was connecting to friends. I, I just let go of the reins a little bit and stopped thinking about what could go wrong or what needed to happen and just lived in the moment. If I had a, a, like I said, like I said, I always am candid with my kids. So if I had a deadline on a project or had a call, they knew not to interrupt. But, you know, I, I've always been also a very vocal person in the workplace. So everyone knows that my kids come first and I'm trying to balance and navigate what it means to be a single working mom. So you're going to have to put up with the fact that I'm a single working mom and that's going to take precedence over work sometimes. So you have to be very clear and communicate deadlines to me because this is not going to be, this is not ever actually my priority in life. My priority is my children. Right. Oh. You are like, you need to write more than one book. There's, there's so much <laughs> value to that because you just, you just validated everything the rest of us have been doing. You know, yes, yeah. throwing up our hands and letting the house be a mess and letting kids be kids. But at the same time, you took it one level further. Like, yeah, I, I'm passionate AF about my work and I work hard, but guess what? My kids come first. And that's okay to say that to all the mommies listening. Again, so much of what you said and what you've overcome is what thousands of women are struggling with. I hear from them every day. It's the same story over and over. How can I do this? I'm not, I'm not going to be able to do this. It's too hard. My husband has a lot of money. I don't want to lose that. I need security. What advice would you give to a woman who is feeling all of those things, who could potentially just bite the bullet and live a really great freaking life like you, if they just <laughs> pass that fear? What advice would you give? You know, especially during COVID, right? So I would just tell them, it's, it's hard because I honestly had a close friend who was going through the same situation as me. Her husband actually had a drug addiction problem. And she could see that she was headed down the same path that I was. You could literally be a friend to a mom and be in the same situation. And no, you, no woman can tell you to get out of that situation, but you. Right. Everybody has their own breaking point. And right. my aunt, of course, was telling me that I deserved more, but it really took me to say, that, you know what, after this, the eighth seizure, this is enough. You know, it wasn't like my aunt talked to me and then I said I was going to leave my husband. It took a couple of weeks for me to be like, this is enough. And I think it's the same for the friend that I was referring to. You know, I have conversations with her, but she had to come to her own point where she had to separate. So it is so hard to say what a woman's breaking point is. But what I will say is when you feel that in your gut, you better trust your intuition and trust that juju and go with it. Um, don't try to fight it. Because, you know, it's a beautiful thing that we have as women, that intuition. It's what guides us and it's what helps us to be great moms and, 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 and great partners. And sometimes it's what helps us to be great and thrive alone, too. Oh, my God. I mean, that, if, if I, that's the best thing I've heard of all week. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say all day. I'm going to say, okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen, I, I have these conversations ad nauseum, whether podcasts or or clients or other coaches. And, you know, I had the very same issue. Like I knew I was married three years and I got also separated, divorced three years ago. I knew walking down the aisle that 
this probably wasn't going to work out. I knew as I knew as soon as I found out I was I was pregnant that shit, I may be a single mom very soon, you know? So it's not that I didn't know it was, I had to get to my breaking point too. And I tell women all the time, you know, they tell me, they ask me, when is it the right time to leave? I can't tell you that your mom, your pastor, your rabbi, your therapist, nobody can tell you that because you're going to know it's a knowing. And when you know, you know. And so I think, you know, someone might say, why didn't you just leave him after the second seizure? Well, because I wasn't ready yet. Everybody has a different storyline and a different trigger point where, where that trigger is fired and there's no turning back. Right. Well, there's yeah. been no turning back for you, you beautiful thing. Um, by the way, you have great eyebrows. I'm sorry the rest of you can't see this. I've been like staring at them the whole time. Um, I have never felt more inspired to go out and like do something amazing today because you really do it all. I think it's incredible. You, you practice what you preach. There's a lot of people who don't do that. So it's really refreshing. I always ask every guest, if you could share a favorite quote with our listeners that you think would help inspire them, that's inspired you. So I am such a huge Beyonce fan. And I got I up early this quarter. Yes, exactly. She's in my office, the Mona Lisa. And um, I got up early to watch Black is King. And she said, lead or you will be led or they will lead you or something like that. And I just thought that that was so inspiring. You know, it's lead or be led. You you have two choices in the world. You can say that I'm not going to go for this. I'm not going to stand for this. I'm going to be the voice of authority in my life. I'm going to be the voice of authority in the workplace. I'm going to be the voice of authority to my children. Or you'll get run over. All of those different things will run you over and consume you and devour you. So I am going to start, you know, Queen B, King B, living by what she says. I'm going to lead or, and I'm not going to be led astray. But do you have hot sauce in your pocket? I have Obey in my pocket. I'm from Baltimore. (laughs) I have Obey in my bag. That's one of my, I went to school in D.C., and so I'm, okay. I'm very well versed in the old bay because we used to drive to Baltimore all the time to eat. Um, I love it. Yeah, I'm more of a hot sauce girl myself and Larry's garlic salt if we're going to go there. But I love that you love Beyonce. It's, it's honestly like I see it in your posts and your stories sometimes. And I used to work for Jay-Z, total side note, everybody. And I met, oh I met her. I met her when they first started dating. My first job okay. out of college, I was a publicist for Jay-Z and the 4040 Club. And oh, wow. We threw his one-year anniversary party at the club, and there was a red carpet, and she gets out of their SUV, and she's wearing this, like, pink silk thing, and my, my boss said, go, leave, grab her, take her in. I had to, like, hold her hand and bring her into the club, and I, my body went, like, limp, and all oh I, my God. I couldn't <laughs> say anything. Christine, all I did was, like, try to breathe in to, like, get her scent, and she was so small. I remember thinking, like, damn, they make her look so big on camera, and I hadn't seen her in concert at that point yet, and she was so small and sweet and smelled like goddamn miracles. Like, she she was incredible, and and I don't think I've had had such an exciting moment in my life since, and that was, like, 20 years ago, but I understand. She is definitely the fiercest lead or be led, Christine, tell us, I think we'll need 20 minutes for this, but tell us where we can find you, which, <laughs> where we need to read your books, how we need, what do we need to do? What do we need to do? 
Sure. So my book, Mom AF, is just for moms. It's a candid conversation that's available at Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart, and Amazon. Um, uh, Can Mommy Go to Work is a children's book for working moms to help them teach kids why they have to go to work. Um, I highly recommend that book. That is Amazon and Walmart. And then I have my website is christinemichellecarter.com. And as you mentioned on social, I am C. Michelle Carter. See Michelle Carter, and if nothing else, I want you to follow her on Instagram because her posts are not only motivational, they're funny. I was the one who discovered her in, in like a funniest parents list last week and sent it over to her like, hello, you're on this list. I, know, I, I had no that. idea. I, can I tell you, I, that's how I find out everything is somebody sends me something and I'm like, right. what? <laughs> I sent her the link. I saw her on like today parents funniest parents of the week and I sent it to her with no explanation and she's like, Hey, thanks. And I'm like, no, wait, look, you're in it. You're in it. This is what I feel like when I feel like a stalker, but yeah, she's funny. She's real. She's single momming in a way that should make the rest of the single mom community so proud and motivated and inspired. Christine, thank you for giving us a half hour of your time. I'm still looking at the beautiful kids behind you. Go tell them they did a great job letting you work. Um, whatever, you, whatever you've built as, as successful and inspiring as you are now, I know it's just the beginning for you. And so we all, we all look forward to watching you become your be own Beyonce in your own right. Oh my God. Thank you, Michelle. You're so kind. Thank you. I have chills because I really like, I, I, you know, I love you on the gram and, and, and everything about you is just makes, makes me want to be a better woman. Thank you. And you're doing amazing work here because there aren't many outlets for honest and candid conversations. So I definitely applaud what you're doing too. Thank you. And, and, and keep up the great work. Go check her out. Keep listening. Keep sending questions. I am here for you. You know, I'm answering your DMs, even if it takes me a few days. I'm here to help. I'm here to help you move on. Thank you so much for being a part of our community. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.